Cure with Amy Cabo. Life can bring many difficult situations, domestic violence, addictions, poverty, and even sexual abuse by your loved ones. Welcome, Amy Cabo and The Cure. Good afternoon and welcome to The Cure Radio Show. I'm your host, Amy Cabo, with my amazing partner, Boris. Oh, I'm still amazing. Thank because you. God is. Okay. I keep our, on erasing amazing. Our show is available live on your radio, also live through our app, The Cure, on any smartphone, and our website, GodIsTheCure.com. We broadcast live from Miami through satellite, available on 35 radios throughout 11 states, and Sirius XM Channel 131 the next day. Also, on social media, and after the show, any podcast player. And I want to say thank you to all my social media followers, especially since we reach about an average of a million people monthly in Facebook alone. But thank you to everyone, and mostly to God. This show was created to expose the truth, educate, and provide comfort. We provide testimonials to let people know that we are not alone, and the testimony started with me. We also have experts and inspirational speakers. God was my cure since everything else failed, and we hope to be a source of help for each other. Life is challenging, but always know there's hope because there is a God. He is omnipotent, happens to be our Father, and loves us very much. The song that we heard earlier that was played was Survivor by 2WEI. It's an awesome song and wish we would have heard it a little bit longer, but maybe next time. So, but I did get a message from it and this is the message that I get. If not for disasters, do we see greatness in humanity. If not needing God, do we choose what's right or pray? No, his providence includes learning and growing. Faith to win graces, showered with blessings, is to obey. We survive and thrive since God makes it possible. The pain lasts as much as it should to succeed. More than imagine is gained, expectations exceed. Worth the suffering, only God knows what we need. Just breathe, survivors, never to shame or dishonor. From destruction and hatred, we rise from the ashes. With God's sweet salvation, sacrifice and work harder. Never give in, children of light come out in the masses. Ten commandments we must be adamant about can do anything through Christ, the author and creator. Getting to know him is our best experience in life. Days are numbered, needing him sooner than later. Today, we will talk about 9-11 with our special guest, Dean Rothbard. Dean Rothbard is an award-winning former reporter and columnist with the Wall Street Journal which nominated him for the Pulitzer Prize for explanatory reporting. 
He is the chairperson and editor-in-chief of the Business News Visionary Awards and News Luminary Awards programs. Since June 2012, Rodbart has produced and hosted Monday Morning Radio, a popular weekly small business podcast. He is a graduate of the Medill School of Journalism at Northwestern University and the Columbia University Graduate School of Journalism. Rodbert wrote September 12, An American Comeback Story. Dean Rodbert, welcome to The Cure. Excited to have you with us. I'm excited to be here, Amy. Thank you so much. Dean, after the horrible attack, we bowed to never forget. Are we forgetting what's important? What do you think? I, I think memory is dim, and one of the reasons I wanted to write the book September 12th, <clears throat> it came out to coincide with the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 terrorist attacks, is to nudge people a little bit, to serve as a bit of a reminder of the unity we felt in the aftermath of 9-11, the unity of cause, the unity of purpose, um, and of many of the stories of people who um, showed a great deal of um, tenacity and courage on 9-11. Uh, as, um, as to whether it has faded, I, I think it's safe to say uh, that it probably has, that we probably, it's probably uh, less of a rich lesson in our memories than it was 20 years ago, probably, Amy, even less than 10 years ago. Yes, because with generations that were born after the fact, and maybe it's not talked about if people didn't personally go through it, and and sometimes it, it can get lost and in in memory if if it's not often talked about, but it's something that's important to remember. You were right next to the towers. Tell us what your experience was, please. So let me um, let me tell you sort of the background of this. I actually was on business in Denver, Colorado on 9-11, so I personally um, was not there. What I do in the book, September 12th, is uh, I talk, I interviewed um, dozens of my uh, former Wall Street Journal Dow Jones colleagues who were there, and so if you permit me, rather than sharing my personal experience, I, I'd like to tell you a little bit about their experiences. Sure. So the Wall Street Journal, even in uh, September 2001, was either the largest circulation newspaper in the United States or the second largest behind USA Today, sort of depending upon who you ask. It, although people think of it as being just a business and financial newspaper, it covered a wide variety of topics and had a wide variety of features that it would run on its front page. It was kind of one part newspaper, one part magazine. Because it comes out still to this day, early in the morning, people wake up in the morning across America and go out to their uh, doorsteps and the Wall Street Journal is waiting for them there. Most of the staff, most of the journalists who work for the Wall Street Journal 
don't come to work um, until late morning, early afternoon. And you talk about saving graces. That was a saving grace on, on 9-11 because many of those journalists likely would have been seriously injured or killed had they actually made their way to the office on 9-11. Wow. But they didn't because they were, some of them were commuting into lower Manhattan. Others hadn't even left home yet when the Twin Towers were attacked. And so what you end up with, Amy, is a relatively small group of reporters and editors who were in early and were caught up in the tornado of dust and ash and debris uh, that resulted when the two towers collapsed because the Wall Street Journal was located at the time directly across the street from the World Trade Center. And so when the two towers fell and they created really a tornado of uh, of dust and smoke and ash. Um, these people were covered in it. Their office, their newsroom was obliterated. It was destroyed. Uh, many of them barely escaped with their lives. I can imagine it was like being buried alive. Well, so one of the editors said it reminded him of what? what is the, is it uh, Pom Pompeo? Pom what is it? Pom whatever, Pompeii, that's what it is reminded them of Pompeii because everything was just coated in ash and dust, including all of the people. And was that an atomic bomb attack? No. Uh, you know, and I think an atomic bomb attack, what happens is people sort of no, disappear. Exactly. This was this was more like a, a volcano that okay. had erupted. Oh. Pompeii. And, and um, again, with inches of dust covering all the buildings, all the cars, uh, all the all of the people they look like ghosts people walking wow. look like ghosts uh, in shock so yeah um, and so the what you had is you know people think well these were reporters and so for them to uh, be in that situation they you know they're professionals they're experienced but reality yes but I want to get to what actually happened were they able to report what actually happened and was it a coordinated attack that's what we'll discuss when we return yes we're talking about 9-11 we didn't cooperate order on September 12th we will be right back with Amy Cavill and the Cure. Amy Cavill and the cure. This show deals with suffering, the tenacity of the human spirit, and the courage to keep moving forward with the help of God. I want people to know that there's hope. I was forced into my abortion because I didn't think I had a choice. I want people to know there's choices. Well, Amy, my heart is breaking. I just want you to know that I love you and I thank God for you. Amy Cabo and the cure. Every Saturday at 1 Eastern on Truth Network. We live in an on-demand world. Time, weather, meals, and content. That's why the Truth Network has the Truth Podcast Network. Some of your favorite Truth Network programs, plus some that are podcast only. Rich content that is rich in the word. The Truth Network. The Truth Network's Finding Purpose podcast is a ministry for men. Pastor Russ Andrews speaks directly to the masculine heart, and guys learn how to be Christian without being religious. Check out the Finding Purpose podcast with Pastor Russ Andrews at Truth Network. Hi, this is Adam Holtz, and you're listening to Plugged In. 
Cinderella, you don't need to go to the ball. Please, stepmother, I spent weeks making this dress. My future depends on it. In the latest version of Cinderella, now streaming on Amazon Prime, pop singer Camila Cabello puts her musical imprint on this classic fairy tale. The core story is familiar. Ella's been orphaned, and now she's at the mercy of her nasty stepmother and stepsisters. Will a chance encounter with the prince change her fortunes? Actually, in this modern reimagining, Cinderella's more interested in opening a dress shop. And the fairy godmother? She's a he dressed like a she. Some profanity and innuendo pop up in this PG film too. So we're giving Amazon's version of Cinderella a two and a half out of five for family friendliness. Read the full review at pluggedin.com slash radio. And be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. I'm Adam Holtz for Focus on the Family's Plugged In Movie Review. Crazy baby, chill. Don't medicate, just meditate. You waking up now, well, baby, you hella late. Educate, look at what's going on, let it resonate, accelerate. Find your inner hunger like you never ate. Agenda is to push the hate, separate and segregate. Don't celebrate quite yet, the storm is coming. Cue for heaven's sake. Violence that they demonstrate, instigate and penetrate. The values of our country and our God is what they desecrate. My fighters ain't no featherweight. Pulling out the scene for the fabric that they fabricate. They feed us lies, manipulate, intimidate through fear and force. Forcing us to sit and wait until we come together, congregate, and then we liberate. Praying that you give me strength to find some love amongst the hate. Marching on these streets of blood till I see the golden gates. Troubadour, troubled souls, one of God's servants. Blades out, cut the grass till we see the servants. This puppet shows haze on because of you fools We've been dancing with the devil way too long I know it's fun but get ready to pay your dues Now we will continue with Amy Cabo and The Cure. Welcome back. This is Amy Cabo. Thanks for tuning in. Remember that you can listen to the radio show live through our app The Cure with Amy Cabo or as a podcast. Just look for God is the Cure wherever podcasts are. The song that just played, God We Need You Now, is by Struggle Jennings and Caitlin Curtis. And this is my message. Love to the fullest and forgive right on the spot. Be prudent in our ways. Avoid hatred and pride. God does so much. Giving of self isn't asking a lot. Extremely rewarding having him by our side. To be grateful. Take care of our things and the people we value when it's something to keep. Give glory to God. Love him by honoring his ways if it's harmony and peace of mind that we seek. Just because everyone thinks or does it that way doesn't mean it's something we should do too. Seek God's thoughts. Nothing's more helpful or true. To be right, it must be something God wants us to do. Diligence and consistency establish trust. Kindness includes keeping others in mind. Be gentle in our thoughts, actions, and words. Become that special person who's a rare find. 
daily be there for others as much as we can. Jesus should come, need him more than ever. Show us the love we need to share all about. Praise God, let's unite in prayer together. Oh look, I think you are reified. What? Yeah, the person that is reified. Oh, thank you. <laughs> the special Good thing you think so. <laughs> We're talking about 9-11 with Dean Rothbart, author of September 12th. Ezekiel 33.11 says, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. Why will you die? Dean, what actually happened in those days? Was it a coordinated attack? What actually happened? There's a very thick report, the 9-11 report that the government put out. I think, Amy, within a year or a little bit more was based upon interviews and congressional hearings, etc. Um, and standing on one foot, it would be unfair to try to summarize the report. What, what we know fundamentally is that um, Islamic terrorists hijacked four planes and um, two of them ended up hitting the two towers in New York of the World Trade Center. One of them flew into the face of the Pentagon, and the fourth one, we're not sure where it was headed, but it was headed to one of the landmarks in Washington, D.C., and the passengers and crew courageously um, forced their way into the cockpit of the plane, <coughs> And the plane crashed in rural Pennsylvania, but losing all the innocent lives on, on the plane, the passengers and the crew, but clearly avoiding a calamitous um, collision with either the White House, the Capitol in Washington, D.C., or some other building. It, um, the two planes, you know, the, the greatest damage and the greatest loss of life came in lower Manhattan because um, the Twin Towers were first hit and people couldn't imagine that they would pancake collapse. And so hundreds, literally hundreds of first responders, emergency medical workers, firefighters, police officers, rushed into the World Trade Center to try to save others. Um, and such heroism is, is really quite amazing Obviously, the people who rushed in knew they were risking their lives. I don't know that they all imagined that the buildings would really uh, implode on top of them. Well, especially when they haven't experienced something like this before. Not that probably a lot of them can remember. But I also heard there was a lot of other planes that were supposed to uh, hit other targets, and there was an order to shoot them down. I don't know if that was ever in the news, but there could have been other targets hit and other airplanes. Am I correct? Um, you're, I'm certain you're correct that that's what you heard, Amy. I'm not certain that what you heard is correct. Like virtually every other major story, whether it's the Kennedy assassination, um, whatever it happens to be, there is a very active uh, rumor mill about 9-11 and what was behind it. 
I am I am by by training a investigative journalist, but I did not investigate who was behind 9/11. What I investigated was really how people responded to 9/11. And the I interviewed many journalists for the Wall Street Journal. These people lost friends and sources. They uh, came close to losing their own lives on 9-11, and not one of them um, told me publicly, privately, whatever, that they believed that some of these rumors were, were true. So there is, an active, there is an active sense of rumors of other planes, of other terrorists, of conspiracies, etc. I'm not equipped to tell you whether any of that is accurate or not. What I can tell you is that of the dozens of journalists at the Wall Street Journal who had a personal stake in what happened, um, none of them buy into these other theories. Okay. But, uh, but of the survivors, since you did investigate the, the response, how people responded to such a tragedy, is there any memorable stories that you can share with us that um, of your interviews that left an impression? You know, there are, uh, no exaggeration, Amy, there are dozens of incredible stories of uh, bravery, of narrow escapes. Um, one of the things that I um, refer to is uh, the expression, but fours. There were dozens and dozens of but fours, but for this happening, or but for that not happening, you talk about the hand of God uh, in these types of events, but for, you might say, the hand of God, um, things could have been very, very different. Uh, I would also point out that uh, everybody, especially around the 20th anniversary, focuses on the 3,000 plus individuals who died on 9-11. What's actually a more incredible story is how many individuals did not die on 9-11. When you think about how many people, maybe 50,000 or more people, um, would be in the Yes, and, and that's exactly, that, that's a great point that you make because God was there that day and that's the reason why many survived. We'll talk about this when we return. We'll be right back with Amy Cabo and The Cure. My girl is banging, she's so low maintenance Don't need no champagne, poppin' entertainment Take her to Wendy's, can't keep her off me She wanna dip me like them fries in her frosty But every now and then when I get paid I gotta spoil my body with an upgrade Hey, 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 hey Yeah, we fancy like Applebee's on a date night Got that bourbon street steak with the Oreo shake and some whipped cream on the top too. Two straws, one check, girl, I got two. Bougie like Natty in the styrofoam. Squeezy squeaking in the truck, bed all the way home. Some Alabama jam and she my Dixieland delight. That's how we do, how we do. Fancy like, And now we will continue with Amy Cabo and The Cure. Welcome back to The Cure with Amy Cabo and Boris. Thank you for being with us. Well, many with Amy. Remember, we are live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern 
on your radio on our app, The Cure, and the podcast, The Cure, or our website, GodIsTheCure.com. Guys, check out Amy's latest book, Inspired by the Holy Ghost. It's a compilation of the poems that she does on every show, based on popular songs, obviously. It's very fun. Nothing better than a fun song to lighten up the last song. So, Fancy, I love that song by Walker Hayes. And guys, this is what it, the message I get from that one. She gets lots of messages. Well, thanks to the Holy Spirit. To Jesus, we're, we're fine wine that gets better with time. Like two peas in a pod, sharing our lives each day. Nothing better than God, simple becomes fancy. Keeping company, getting closer whenever we pray. Our King so divine, our sweet Heavenly Father, that cannot love us more as the apple of His eye. Remove stones, replacing it with a heart that's pure. Loving God is an upgrade, and our limit, the sky. The story starts and ends with God, our foundation. Words like a sword, the Holy Spirit, the wisest guide. Victorious in His dwelling, the oxygen we breathe. Guards our path, shows the way, always by our side. True to his promises, time again our greatest delight. A grace sufficient, giving strength when we're weak. Faithful to the end, bringing joy and providing sight. Nothing but good we reap when it's God that we seek. We're talking about 9-11 with Dean Robert. Robert author of September 12. Isaiah 59:19 says, When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And see, that's the thing about having God. If you guys haven't noticed, my voice is just a bit deeper. I'm building an immune system since I babied it for a while with the masks. And, well, God is so good, He allows me to be there for others, and you can never tell. So, but back to the show. Dean, any other memorable stories uh, on the ground? I know that we came into commercial, but we were talking about that because you, you describe September 11th as a great American comeback story. And is that how it starts? I, I think so. I, I want the book to be redemptive, Amy. It's not written as a religious text. It's written as a secular te- text. But hidden in plain sight in September 12th um, really is a divine hand. And anybody who, who reads it will see that. Um, between every line of the book in many ways, um, one will find divine inspiration. You said some things in one of the earlier segments that relate to this. One, you were, I believe it was a poem that you were reading, and one of the things you said is to keep others in mind. Well, 9-11 was a enormously good example of keeping others in mind. People were, this is Manhattan, Manhattan, which is kind of known for its rudeness. But people helped one another enormously on 9-11. Running away from the collapsing World Trade Center towers, there were lots of moms with baby carriages 
who couldn't get over the curbs or whatnot. And men and others, other women, stopped to help them. Um, there was a great deal of generosity of spirit on 9-11 in the face of really traumatic, horrible things. The, um, on the street, uh, in front of what had been the World Trade Center, there, were not, there was not only burning airline debris, passenger seat, the plane's tires, um, mechanical debris, but there was human carnage. There were severed arms and legs and decapitated heads, and yet people showed courage to help others through all of that. Um, and in the case of the Wall Street Journal, which I write about in September 12th, to have the commitment to say, we will get out a newspaper tomorrow, although we sure don't know how, because we don't have a newsroom any longer. We can't communicate with one another. Phone service was down. The technology in 2001 really was not conducive to work from home um, strategies. And yet, in some ways, and I again, I don't know uh, how the Lord works, but in some ways it was a miracle that the Wall Street Journal um, found a way when it really should not have found a way uh, to publish a paper the next day. And it had two purposes, Amy. One is it told all of America that the world will continue, that we will pick ourselves up from a gross national tragedy and we will continue. And the other thing it said, um, and I'm trying to put it into a religious context, is that evil will not prevail, that we will not allow evil uh, to defeat us. There is clearly evil in the world, and these journals, journalists, you know, they didn't use the word evil, they used the word terrorist, but they're interchangeable, that the, we won't let them defeat us. And so they had this comeback spirit, which I talk about in the book. Again, the title is September 12th, An American Comeback Story. Really, it's a global, timeless comeback story. I suppose a lot of people experienced miracles that day. Sometimes we hear of all the bad that happened, but tell me about what miracles happened that also saved people's lives by just people being there for each other, uh, influenced by a higher being, a good higher being, that is God. There, Amy, there are innumerable examples of people who work in the World Trade Center who missed their train that morning to work and therefore did not arrive at the point where the plane hit. There are, um, you know, there are stories of people who were in the World Trade Center and had the World Trade Center originally over this loudspeaker came out and said, remain in place, don't leave. And there are miraculous stories of of men and women who had an instinct, a voice that told them not to listen to the public address system to get out of the building. And they got out of the buildings, saving their lives. And wow. so, uh, it, you know, they're just the total number of, of stories, people who were supposed to be on one of the four planes that was hijacked, who again, for some reason, either rebooked their flights before the planes took off, uh, or miss their flight. Um, and how how can you explain um, other than 
divine intervention. How yes. can you explain that? I mean, you tell me that I'm getting goosebumps because I picture it, I imagine it. I can imagine the initial frustration and then the shock afterwards. And I can imagine just in so many ways how people, it may have changed their lives. They may have felt like they had a second chance in life and they were extremely blessed. Uh, how some people, did go to heaven and and for them the struggle is over but for for many people it, it brought a certain sense of unity it showed us that we can come together it showed us that humanity can be beautiful that you know th there's nothing like like the the good in people that can prevail over any tragedy over any evil and how always something great and good thanks to the will of God, can come out of every evil, as tragic as it may seem. And it, it's, it's, it's just inspiring that we can learn from each other and that we can grow in this way and that we can gain strength and compassion and understanding for one another as a result that may have been lacking otherwise before. And I think, Amy, if there is a direct line between what happened in the aftermath of September 11th and what has happened with coronavirus, which has clearly killed far more people than died on 9-11, but the message hasn't changed, which is that we are resilient, uh, we are a courageous uh, people, and we will come back. Um, you were saying about Afghanistan, um, all of the people who are experiencing uh, the most difficult of circumstances in Afghanistan and all of us who pray and um, have our hearts go out to them. The most resilient message every time is we need God. We will be right back with Amy Cavill and The Cure. There ain't no guarantee, but I take a chance on we. Baby, let's take our time. And when the times get rough, there ain't no giving up, cause it just feels so right. Don't care what others say, if I got you, I'm straight. You bring my heart to life, yeah, you light me up inside, like the fuck of July. Whenever you're around, I always seem to smile, and people ask me how, when you're the Now we will continue with Amy Cabo and The Cure. Hi again, and thanks for tuning in. We are live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern on your radio. Welcome to The Cure Radio Show. Later, the show will be a podcast, as you guys know. Just look for The Cure wherever podcasts are and subscribe. The song that just played was Shower 
Bye, Becky G. I know it's old, but it hasn't lost its touch. And this is the message. You sing in the shower too? I sing in the rain. Why not the shower? There you are. So here's the message that I get, guys. Feel the goodness of the Lord among the living, an attitude that carries hope despite rough weather. Confidence with the peace promised and given many possibilities in his plan. It's hopeful altogether. Difficult to describe how God brightens our world. Happy energy with a smile and a love that resonates. Dancing in the rain, celebrating life despite the pain. With Christ, peace and joy is what he demonstrates. How wonderful, our Redeemer, King and Holy One. Cloudy or sunny, there's always hope. He's the light. Never felt so alive waking up with Christ in our lives. A father is. Loving Jesus can't be more right. Those dancing in the shower built new life with God. We answered his call, touched by heaven's grace. He gave way. Mountains moved. Walls came down. Broke our chains. With our wings, we found our place. We are continuing discussing 9-11 with Rutberts, author of September 12th. And Psalm 10-2 says, Let the wicked be caught in the evil they planned for others. And Psalm 148 says, Do not let evil have their way. So, Dean, with the order open border we are experiencing these days how safe do you believe we are now you think from another islamic extremist attack you know amy my my opinion on this is no more expert than anybody else's opinion might be on on it um and so i, I don't think i'm the right person to weigh in i i have a strong belief not to speak about things that I, I don't know. I, I would like to backtrack, though, if you will allow me. You know, one of the other things you mentioned was, in, in one of the poems you read in an earlier segment, was to avoid pride. Um, and I think that's a message that you'll find uh, in my book, September 12th, An American Comeback Story. And that is that people set aside their political differences on 9-11, the journalists working for the Wall Street Journal, they really did have on September 10th large political differences. They set aside their status within the newsroom. It wasn't, I'm your boss, this is what you have to do. Everybody worked as a equal. And one of the truly redeeming parts of uh, September uh, 12th, the book, was how many people pitched in. It wasn't just reporters and editors. It was truck drivers, delivery truck drivers. It was printers. It was the catering staff. Everybody had to come together. And in order to do that, they had to avoid pride, which again was one of the messages that you talked about earlier in this show. And so I think that's a that's something I can talk about with, with authority, which is that uh, certainly in a crisis, and it would be lovely if even not in the crisis, uh, we could all avoid pride. Right. When, when it comes to safety and security and survival, 
and um, mass evil attacks, I think pride goes right out the window. And so, but it's something that we we do have to think about, and we do have to be aware, and something that we have to pray about, because safety and security is very important. It's it's not just a political view; it's a concern. You know, are we safe? And actually, the truth is, you never really know. You never really know if you're safe or how safe you are. The best that you can do is have a relationship with God. So in case that you're not, and your day comes, <laughs> you don't end up in a bad place. You actually make it to a better place. That's the hope that we all have. And um, and, and that's what we what we strive for, to be the best that we can be, so that we may one day, you know, join our Father in Heaven. But journalistically, what made the Wall Street Journal's coverage so unique that it won the Pulitzer Prize for breaking news reporting? The Wall, on September 12, I mean, September 11, 2001, the Wall Street Journal was 112 years old at that point. Uh, the paper began printing in the 1800s, and never between day one and September 11 had they had any story that even came close to qualifying for a Pulitzer Prize in breaking news. This story took place literally outside their front door, and when they managed to put out the paper, the Pulitzer Committee um, that awarded it, awarded it, and I'm reading it verbatim, for comprehensive and insightful coverage executed under the most difficult circumstances. Well, we've talked about the difficult circumstances. The reality of it is that the coverage the next day, and if you're, on, if you're listening to the podcast, you won't be able to see this, but I'm holding in my hand the Wall Street Journal from September 12th. The coverage in this newspaper was not just uh, amazing because they managed to print a newspaper when their headquarters was destroyed and the and the uh, staff of the paper were scattered. But actually, what they covered was really comprehensive. Here are some of the stories. Hour of horror forever alters American lives. Attacks will force people to make adjustments in ways large and small. Well, 20 years later, that sure turned out to be the case. U.S. airport security screening long seen as dangerously lax, new measures are likely to add inconvenience and cost for passengers. Well, we all know that we don't go through airport lines well, any longer the way we used to. Well, but they started coming on, on September 12th. And this was a stepping stone. We did go through um, safety measures to make sure, to try to prevent any of these things happening in the future. Do you believe they're still in effect? I, I think they're in effect, but I, you know, again, I, without being an expert on terrorism or terrorism prevention, um, what I know is that evil people are very creative. Yes. If they don't, <laughs> they'll they find don't a way. Same, that's right. If they don't do it the same way they did it last time, they'll do it a different way. I mean, I think we can all be very grateful that 20 years has passed. And nothing not has happened. And we've not had another one, but yes. the people who I interviewed um, said without question that they be they believe that it's only a matter of time, and 
they're probably right. And and well, let's try not to make it easier, right? At least we can make it difficult. It's less likely to happen that way. We almost at the end of the show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, we 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 you know we finished another show. Look at that, Dean. Thank you so much for being on the show, and it's it's My great. It's great to have you because these are very important topics to talk about and these this is a, a memory that we always want to cherish and we always want to bring to the table because it's a, it is a great American comeback story of the tenacity of the human spirit and how amazing people can be amongst great tragedy. It's been my pleasure and if your if your listeners and viewers are interested the book's available september 12th from amazon it's easy to order excellent thank you and for more information on on dean it can be found on god is a cure under guests and shows and well we finish with a a prayer the first john 17 11, 15 said holy father by the power of your name protect them from the evil one so father i pray for your blessing on our country may you deliver us from evil and protect us from danger prevent evil from befalling your chosen righteous and innocent ones rise up and defend the weak and powerless thwart the plans of every schemer of wickedness mentally deranged demon possessed the drug alcohol and chemical influenced mass murderer terrorist arms fanatic and islamic jihadists therefore lord cut off the source of their power and strength their communication their organizational connections their financing their intelligence their resources and weapons make their plans fail in the mighty name of jesus Amen. Thank you to the wonderful people that work with us for having us in the air. And please check out Robbie Dilmer's show, Kingdom Pursuit, at 11 a.m. Eastern, or as a podcast, Great Guy, Awesome Guests. This is Amy Cabo. You have been listening to The Cure. And again, I'm the podcast guy, so please check our podcast, The Cure with Amy Cabo. Or you can just look for The Cure and the podcast The Cure with Amy Cabo show up. Our app is a great place to go, The Cure, <laughs> and our website, GodIsTheCure.com. So thank you to all our listeners for being with us. And until next Saturday, much love. Always give it your best. Be kind. Be true to yourself and others. Maintain your values. But most importantly, keep the faith. And next uh, week's show, we're going to talk about imposter syndrome with Erica Wiggenhorn. It's going to be very interesting. Hoping to let God be enough. What are we having next? Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Oh, when you think you're something that you're not. Yeah, a lot Got of people it. do that, I guess. I think I was there one time. Thank you, babe, for being with us. Thank you for listening to The Care with Amy Cabo. For more information or to get Amy's book, 
Love is the Answer, God is the Cure, or to listen to the podcasts of previous shows, visit GodIsTheCure.com.